The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, a recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. State and federal investigations are underway into the Windsor Police Department's handling of a December traffic stop. Attorney General Mark Herring is using his authority under a new state law to probe the department's overall policies and training. Whitney Evans reports. Last summer, during a special session of the General Assembly, lawmakers voted to allow the Attorney General to investigate local police departments for patterns of excessive force, bias, and illegal searches. If there is a broader pattern of unconstitutional policing or misconduct, then it means we have more work to do to make sure that This never happens again. Herring said in an interview with VPM, he'll try to reach an agreement with the department on new policies and training. If the department is unwilling to do that, we can go into court and ask for a court to order it, even without the consent of the department. Windsor Police Chief Rodney Riddle said during a press conference Wednesday he welcomes the investigations. In a widely shared video, Riddle's officers threatened Army Lieutenant Karan Nazario at gunpoint and pepper sprayed him while he sat in the driver's seat. Whitney Evans, VPM News. The Virginia Tech mass shooting took place 14 years ago today. On April 16, 2007, 32 students and faculty lost their lives. Colin Goddard was a 21-year-old student at the time. He was shot but survived. Goddard says prior to the shooting, he was uncertain about what he wanted to do with his life. The shooting helped reprioritize things, and it helped clear a path forward to engage myself personally and professionally into an activity I felt was really meaningful and and contribute to society, trying to take the negative experience and put it towards something positive. Since the shooting, Goddard has focused on preventing gun violence at the local, state, and national levels. Highlighting the anniversary of the mass shooting at Virginia Tech, Senator Tim Kaine says more can be done to stop gun-related deaths. As Ian Stewart reports, the senator is reintroducing legislation that aims to reduce gun violence. Kaine says Virginians have been grappling with the scar tissue of gun violence since the Virginia Tech shooting in 2007. And the senator added everyday shootings happen when guns are too easily available. We don't have to be bystanders to violence, and we don't have to be bystanders when bad things happen. On Thursday, Kaine reintroduced his own gun bill called the Virginia Plan. Senator Mark Warner is the co-sponsor. The legislation calls for measures similar to those adopted by the General Assembly last year, like having background checks for all firearm sales and limiting handgun purchases to one per month. Kane says if Virginia can pass what he calls common-sense gun control bills, then Congress can as well. Ian Stewart, VPM News. The Richmond and Henrico Health Districts are phasing out the region's longtime central vaccination site at the Arthur Ashe Center. District nurse manager Amy Popovich says the center is not ideal for this stage of vaccinations. So as we enter in for uh, phase two, where everyone qualifies, uh, we think it's important to have multiple sites in communities. Health workers will shift their focus to four smaller sites. The Richmond Raceway will still be used. The Islamic Center of Henrico will serve as a new location. The others are still being finalized. Popovich says anyone who received their first dose at Arthur Ashe Center will be able to get their second there as well. 
It's set to close at the end of April. A Richmond conservation group has acquired private land between Shiplock Park and the Virginia Capitol Trail. The Capital Region Land Conservancy plans to hand it over to the city. The acquisition means Shiplock Park can now be connected to the state-owned biking trail and the rest of the James River Park system. The two parcels of land are also the last private property to exist on the north bank of the river. Environmentalists have fought development on the property for more than two decades, saying it would irreparably harm the view that named Richmond from Libby Hill. The city of Richmond has a new elections chief. As Roberta Roldan reports, the Richmond Electoral Board has voted to install Keith Ballmer as general registrar. Ballmer currently works as a registrar liaison for the Virginia Department of Elections. He has more than a decade of experience in election administration. Ballmer was tapped for the role after the Electoral Board removed Kirk Showalter from office in February. The board cited that under her watch there were incorrect vote tallies during the 2020 election and a large COVID-19 outbreak. Ballmer says his top priorities will be to make sure that the Richmond office is following all regulations and to increase transparency and education around voting. It's not just something that the registrars should know and the staff. I think that the community should know at large. You know, what are the new laws? When you show up to vote, you don't have your ID. And then what's what's that process look like? The electoral board voted two to one in favor of hiring Ballmer. The board will meet again later this month to determine a start date. Roberto Roldan, VPM News. Three students from Virginia Commonwealth University were selected as finalists in NPR's student podcast competition. VPM News intern Lyndon German spoke with the trio about producing the show and how it relates to their experiences during protests in Richmond last summer. When Time Slows Down chronicles the protests in the city of Richmond that followed the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others. What makes their show different from other coverage is how VCU students Gabriela Santana, Josh Gordon, and Hassan Fields talk about the intersection of art, vandalism, and Confederate monuments in the former capital of the Confederacy. Here's Santana, who was back home in Williamsburg when the protests started. I just remember it feeling like, and this is like what we definitely explored in the podcast a bit, this racial reckoning and what did this mean? I do remember feeling just like completely awestruck by honestly like this metamorphosis of the culture and the community um, within Richmond. The students completed the project in a course called Podcasting While Black with VCU professor and underwriting voice of NPR, Chioki Ianson. The group spoke with local artists to answer the question, what's the difference between art and vandalism? Throughout their conversations, they explore the historical context of the city's monuments and the art that was created as a result. It just became like evident that this was a marriage that would work, vandalism, art, talking about present day, what's going on, not just in the community, but globally. What made their project difficult, Josh Gordon says, is the fact that the three of them never met in person. The podcast was produced virtually, featuring the music you're hearing right now. But a a lot of it was like getting out of each other's way, honestly, because at least for the two of them, they had fantastic ideas. From interviews with artists Hamilton Glass, Tracy Bowen, and Dred Scott, the students were able to define the cultural transformation that was taking place in Richmond. Though Santana says some questions have yet to be answered. Preservation is something that we couldn't figure out 
did it need to stay or not? I think the community is supposed to decide that. And like Tracy Bowen says, it depends who in the community decides it. And that will be interesting to see. Since they've recorded the podcast, most of the Confederate statues on Monument Avenue have been removed and some of the art has been erased. Field says that adds to the conversations that started the podcast in the first place. If you're going to erase the graffiti, you got to erase the monuments. You can't do one without the other. The Robert E. Lee statue is one of the last monuments left. Its removal and the fate of the artwork surrounding it is still undecided. Being able to share their story, despite all this uncertainty, was a triumph for the students and in and of itself. It's weird. I mean, it was surprising at first, and then I'm like, well, it did sound really good. But I also don't know, like, the gravity of the accomplishment. So it's just... It's just cool, you know? I, I just told my mom about it today, and she was excited. So she's excited. Uh, I'm cool. When Time Slows Down was selected as one of the 10 finalists for the NPR Student Podcast Challenge. Lyndon German, VPM News. I would share the money. I would love that money. I would love my money. I would love my money. I would love that money. This newscast was recorded on Thursday, April 15th at 6 p.m. Some of these stories may have changed from the time you've heard them. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.